0: No intro needed for this episode. Um, I'm not going to do the intro. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to the uh, save the theatrics for another time. I'm going to save the theatrics for another time. That's all good and gravy. And just before I start on my my sports topics, uh, because I told you guys the previous episode, I said, <laughs> boy, oh boy, we are in some tough times in our country. We are in some tough times as a whole Um, we're in a pandemic. Uh, I also, uh, you know, I've I've been saying these last few months, we're in two pandemics. We are in a health crisis, a health pandemic, and we are in a social pandemic. Um, and you know, I'm just going to, like I told you, I'm just going to save theatrics for the next episode or, uh, you know, these, you know, I'm just going to save the theatrics for later, but I want to talk about. What is going on currently in the world? Um, and I know I'm a sports podcaster. I know you guys come on here and you come you come looking for sports takes and my takes, and you guys are excited for my takes, and I'm I'm excited about that as well. Uh but the guy behind the mic, I'm a I'm a, I'm a black I'm a black guy. I'm a black teenager. Um I you know, I and I told you guys my podcasting schedules have changed due to me attending college i started my this is my first week of college uh you know and right now uh as far as like the nba playoff games they've been postponed the teams the players are are, they're, they're, they're boycotting the games um this was game five for the orlando magic and the milwaukee bucks it was game five for the houston rockets and the Thunder, and it was game five for the Lakers and Blazers. All of them have boycotted, and these games are postponed for another time. Uh, these, they, you know, they, they said the NBA came out and said, hey, these games will be rescheduled. But the guy behind the mic, yes, yes, like, this is what needs to happen. Um, and this is what the bubble was made for. I was listening to so many people comments yesterday, um, the players comments yesterday uh, and concerns of the Jacob Blake shooting. You know, I was listening to so many players and, you know, Doc Rivers really, uh, he had an incredible message. And I'm sure you guys have probably heard it because it's made its way throughout the Internet. And it is it's it's. It's so, it's, um, if you are, if you have a heart, if you have a pulse, like, you feel it. And I know some of you, you know, some people, if you're not black, you can't really relate or you can't, you can't, like, have empathy of, or sympathy, rather, uh, of what Doc Rivers was alluding to. But I can. And there's many people that's listening right now that can Um, But if you can't, if you're one of those ones that you can't relate to this type of topic where if you're, if you're a white parent, you never had to have these continue, these consistent talks with your kids. If you're a white, if you are, uh, if you are a white teenager, your parents never had to have these consistent talks with you. Um, If you are, if you, if you're just now entering high school, because there's, you know uh, there's a bunch of people that listen to this podcast. Um there's a bunch of people and I love you guys all. But if you can't relate to those those circumstances and I'm not condemning you because you can't relate. Not condemning you because you can't relate. But if you cannot relate, you got to have you got to have a heart. You have to have a pulse in something inside of you have to say wait. This is wrong. We need to change this. Actions need to be made um and it, it, you know it's always funny, and you I've heard a couple people say this, and you know, America loves black culture that's great. America loves our black entertainers that's great. but you know America loves everything about black people. they love. Every single thing about black people, but they don't actually care for the actual people, the actual creators of these things that America loves. And there's a helicopter going on with me, but they don't actually care about what like what black people create. They just care about the creation, but they can care less about the creator, which is the black people. Uh, you know, America loves everything about black culture, but, and, and, and they profit and they make so much money off of black culture, but they, they, it's not the same love. The, 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 the same love that they have for black culture, it, it's, it's not the same love that they have for actual black people. It's as simple as that. They don't have the, they don't, it's as simple as that. Um you can love our culture you can love everything we bring to america but the actual people the act the love for the actual people for actual black people is it's miss, missing It's missing and everything that like and black people love america <laughs> i mean black people love america but this country don't particularly love us at times and uh, like the black people have did everything like there's you know like this checklist to be American and to have that American pride like black people have checked everything on the list. We fought in wars, we you know, we labor, we work, we do this, we do that, we bring so much to this country and we have brought so much to this country. Um even our four or five, we brought so much to this country and we were forced to this country and we 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 have we we have filled out we have checked every box you know for whatever it is to be american but it seems like every other race just gets to skip that process and we still have to fight for civil rights we fought for civil rights fought for fought for voting rights and there's so many more rights that, you know, that and so many more things that we have to overcome and fight for. You know, it, it, it's just so many other things we have to fight for. Um, you know, I, I'm a believer in good cops. I'm a believer in good cops. I think there are good cops out there. I know good cops. I know. them. Now, I haven't had now my parents give me the talk. Or they give me consistent talks of of if a police officer approaches you, how how to how, like how to react, and it's it's obviously to react calm, keep both hands in steering wheels, uh, answer and reply yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, no, sir. It all those simple things, all those all those respectful, calm, manner, simple things. And I believe there is good cops, but we gotta, we, but we need these good cops. we need cops to pick out the bad apples. We need police reform. I think it's totally extreme when people say, "defund the police." Well, who's protecting and serve?" I think it's totally extreme to say, "defund the police," because who's first, who's protecting and serving the community? Second, there are good cops out there. And third, I think we're just too extreme we need reform police reform these police unions these police unions no matter what a no matter what a bad cop does no matter if a cop shot, shoots somebody in the back seven times that union is going to stand behind that particular cop that shouldn't be we got to change that we got to we got we got to we got to make changes we got and this is where the action comes into part, part place so i'm not mad with players and, and teams boycotting these games because if, if, for, if it's for the betterment of our race, I'm with it. I'm with it. And, you know, obviously you, you, with them coming back to the bubble, some players were hesitant to come back to the bubble because of these issues. I was on here on on this particular platform. I came on here and I said, hey, this must be a great day for the helicopters. The okay, but I was on this particular platform and I said, hey, Players should go down to the bubble, and it's great to hear from LeBron James. LeBron James is a pillar. He's a pillar of the community. He is definitely a, like, when people say, well, in this generation, who is the Martin Luther King? Who is the Malcolm X? Who is the Muhammad Ali? LeBron James fits that mold, and he's one of those figures for this generation. He's definitely one of those figures in this generation, hands down. So it's always good to hear from him and I'm always interested to hear from him cuz first he's my favorite player. Um and it's just always interesting to hear from him. He's smart. But I heard I heard from guys like George Hill. If this bubble didn't exist, if 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 players didn't come to this bubble, I wouldn't have heard George Hill's perspective on 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 this topic and hey, I'm quite glad that I did get to hear it. I'm quite, I'm I'm glad that I got to hear it. I'm glad that other people got to hear it but i'm a i i I'm a believer like i said i'm a believer in good cop I think there's good cops, but we need to pick out there but there is bad apples there is a lot of bad apples, and we need to pick out those bad apples we need to we need to pick out those bad apples and I had to come on here i couldn't just come on here and talk about sports, talk about you know, I I I couldn't talk about Lakers clip like I I could without addressing this. I'm gonna get to that, but I'm gonna address this. It's as simple as that. It it, it you know it, it it's as simple as that. And you know the amount of fear that black people have, yeah, it's real. It 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 it's real. It's real. It's definitely real. And Doc Rivers, like I said, Doc Rivers he shared something uh so powerful last night if you and i'm not and i don't want to play his i don't want to play it because you know there's clips you can find you can literally find the clip of doc rivers like it's it's everywhere uh it's surfacing the web uh or the internet <laughs> you know it's it's surfacing all throughout social media you guys can go check that out yourself you guys can go check that out yourself but it, it it's great um and i got a stat for us I got a stat for us, and it's not a sports stat. Um, so, in the year of 2020, the police have killed 751 people in in 235 days. I'm going to repeat that again. The police have killed 751 people in 235 days. I'm gonna repeat it again one last time. The police have killed 751 people in 235 days. In 235 days. There have only been 12 days in 2020 where the police have not killed someone. That's an interesting stat. I'm gonna let you guys sit on that. And Lord knows, Lord knows how many black people are in that 751 um but and also God bless that man Jacob Blake he's paralyzed but he's you know he's I'm I'm sure he's very thankful that he's still alive God bless that man so <clears throat> let's get back to sports okay Um, let's get back to sports. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. It's still a sports podcast, but we touch on social issues occasionally, especially when it's needed. But let's get into sports. So, uh, both LA teams had great showings. LA Clippers played well. LA Lakers played well. Both teams had great showings. Let's first touch bases on LA Lakers. The L.A. Lakers. Um, that that the, the, in Game Four of of Portland, it, 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 like the Lakers look bigger. They look. They, I mean, the, the Lakers look bigger. The Blazers are tiny. And begin in the beginning of this series before Game One, I came over here and I said, "Hey, the Lakers are well rested. They haven't been playing particularly well in the bubble." In the regular season bubble games, but they are well rested. And I said the Portland Trail Blazers—they have been phenomenal, and they have been—they have been the sec—they have been the story of the bubble. Damian Leonard has been the story and the MVP of the bubble, and he's playing terrific. But I also said he's playing forty-one minutes tonight. The You know, every game has been a—I a, mean, essentially every game has been a playoff game. For the Portland Trail Blazers. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if they have enough gas in the tank to compete with the Lakers. Well, game one, they came out, played well. They've been playing, you know, it's you know some of the same sight we've been seeing. Damian Lennon was great. Uh, Lakers didn't particularly shoot well. They underperformed. Okay. Game two come around, Lakers blow them out. Game three come around, LeBron has a big time game. Game four comes around, it's Mamba Day and the Lakers couldn't do nothing wrong. They couldn't do nothing wrong and the Blazers did nothing right. The Lakers The Lakers are just the the the, the Lakers are just better. They they are just better. They're longer, they're elite on defense and when the Lakers had when those other guys for the Lakers like Danny Green, Katavis Caldwell-Pope, uh, JaVel McGee, Marcus, like when those guys, uh, Markeith Morris, when those guys are hitting shots, the Lakers are very difficult to beat. Because, I'm going to tell you this, and I told you guys this uh, last week. I said, the Lakers are elite defensively. Everybody keeps trying to figure out, oh, why do Lakers shoot so bad? The Lakers are such a bad three-point shooting team. Yeah, obviously, they are. They, have, they, they, weren't a, they weren't a great three-point shooting team coming into the bubble. And when they played when they played several games in the bubble, they were bad. They were bad from behind the line, from behind the three-point line. And everybody's trying to figure out why the Lakers are so bad. Like, no, this is who the Lakers are. The Lakers, and this is what Magic Johnson envisioned um, when he built this team. He has LeBron. That can get you 25 a night. You got Anthony Davis. That can get you 25 to 28 to 29. He can get you 25 to 30 points a night. So you're talking about almost 60 points a night from those two. And you're just hoping Kyle Kuzma can get you, uh, you know, close to 20. But this is how the Lakers are built. They're built AD, LeBron-centric. They got some role players that can hit shots. If, if they can hit shots occasionally, they're very difficult to beat. And then, not to mention their elite defense. Their elite defense. They have nothing but trees. They, they they have they have like the Lakers have about five five or six players that's over six eight. They have LeBron, AD, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. They have all these. They have all these trees. So they have nothing but length and size, which makes them which make them a great and elite defensive team and i told people i said hey this is how the lakers have to play the lakers have to be elite defensively because they don't have the offensive weapons that some of these other teams have they don't have the firepower that these other teams have especially behind the three ball especially shooting the three ball excuse me they don't have it but when when their other guys are hitting shots, Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell Pope, uh, Kyle Kuzma, when Alex Caruso, when got when when these other guys are hitting shots, they're they're really difficult to beat. And get this, when the Lakers shoot fifty percent or better, they're twenty nine zero. So when the Lakers, so like LeBron, he shoot he was LeBron this year shot forty nine percent from the field. That's great. Anthony Davis shot 51% from the field. That's great. It's not based upon those two because those two, that's what they average. They, 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 they shoot 50% or better from the field every game. That's, that's, that's LeBron AD. They're efficient. It's the other guys that have to hit shots. And when those other guys hit shots, as you can see, they're 29-0 when they shoot 50% or better from the field. They're 29-0 when they shoot 50% or better from the field. So it's not based upon AD and LeBron shooting well. Like, that's what they're going to do. It's based upon the other guys. Danny Green, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Marquise Morris, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith. It's based upon those guys. Are, are those guys going to shoot the ball well? Because if they do, the Lakers are very difficult to beat, as you see. The Lakers are very difficult to beat. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like... I've been telling people this for the last week or so. Last week and a half, I've been telling people. The Lakers are an elite defensive team. This is how they got the number one seed in the Western Conference. This is how they were so dominant in the regular season. And that is why in game four, they looked they they just looked so much better than the Portland Trailblazers. They looked so much bigger than the Portland Trailblazers. They've been hit, they've been help, they've been holding the Portland Trailblazers. Under their point under their average under their points per game average, they've been holding the Portland trailblazers under that. They are an elite defensive team, and they have two great players, two superstar players and when their role players decide to hit shots they're very they' they're, they're they're very very tough to beat they're a tough out, and that's why they' are a championship contender. Now, let's shift gears to the L.A. Clippers. Like I said, Luka Doncic is great. Um, the, Dallas Ma- the Dallas Mavericks are great. Um, the Mavericks had the highest offensive efficiency in league history. The Mavericks, have the, they have, this past season, they had the highest offensive efficiency in league history. So, according to numbers, they're one of the best offenses that this league has ever seen. They're not you know, obviously they're not the best team that we've seen, but offensively, they are the best. They're one of the best offensive teams statistically that this league has seen. Luca is great. I tell people all the time. I'm like, Luca is this generation's Larry Bird. If Larry Bird played, in eight, if Larry Bird played in today's generation. He would look a lot like Luka Dantich. Luka, I told you guys, I love his upside. I love his ceiling. I I love his potential. I told you guys, he's going to end up being a top 10 all-time scorer. He's going to have a couple MVPs, and he's probably going to win a couple titles. I told you guys that. And he's well on his way to be doing that. I think he's going to be doing that. And some of you guys think he's a top 5 player already. Mm, I don't know. I would say top 10. I, I I would say top 10. Um, because he had... It, it's nights like that last night where it's like... You're you, you starting to see the age. You're starting to see the age. But past that... Dallas Mavericks are great. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks are great. But people going crazy. Like... this. The series is 3-2. And the Clippers will win the next game. Whenever... I don't And, and, I, and I'm not sure if the Clippers will play next game because of all these boycotts. But... Whenever the next game is, the Clippers will win the next game, and I told people like Mavericks are great and they're fun. It's a great story. The Clippers are fine; they're fine away. And last night was an example of that when the Clippers are fully healthy and they didn't have Patrick Beverly last night. They didn't have Patrick Beverly last night, and Lou Williams he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't, he didn't, he didn't give his normal production. Lou Williams. Is a walking nineteen to twenty points off the bench. He didn't give you that last night, and the Clippers still put up one fifty four. Dallas uh, doesn't play any defense, but it just shows you how high this this team ceiling is. Now, quite often throughout this year, the the Clippers have struggled to 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 give that type of effort every single night and show how dominant they are. But when they, do, when they do show you how dominant they are, they're practically the best team in the league. And you know, if they're, if they're going to play like that, and with the way how Dallas plays defense, they're not going to beat the Clippers four times. They're not. Dallas doesn't play in defense. They're not going to beat the Clippers four times. If you don't play defense, you're not going to beat the Clippers four times. I don't think there's... Uh, th- there, may be a, there may be a team that can beat the Clippers four times, Maybe the Lakers, maybe the Lakers, but I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if they can beat them, beat this Clipper team four times. Because when the Clippers decide to play like that, it, 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 come on, it's, it's, it's practically, it's so difficult to beat them. It's so difficult to beat them. So difficult to beat them. When the Clippers, when the Clippers play like that, (laughs) I mean, I mean, how do you stop that? Kawhi, 17 footer, Kawhi, 18 footer, Kawhi, Kawhi, 15 footer. Paul George, he was hitting shots. Thank God. <laughs> and you know his press game, his post game interview was quite revealing. I hope he got out of that dark spot, that dark place. But he was hitting shots last night. When the Clippers play like that, they're practically unbeatable. They're, it's just like the Lakers. Both LA teams, they sent the message, and I, I th- I'm, I, I'm, I'm so positive. That these teams look at each other. These teams look at each other's games because the Clippers. I know the Clippers had to watch the Lakers game four, and the Lakers sent the message, rightfully so. And the Clippers like, okay, yeah, okay, that's good. Now watch this. Both teams watch each other. I can't wait. Um, hopefully, we get hopefully we get the collision course of both LA teams, Lakers, Clippers. In the Western Conference Finals, both teams will survive the first round. I think both teams will survive in the second round. But um, obviously, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, there's a bigger fight. There's a bigger fight. Um, but yeah, I told you guys, <laughs> and I, I and I'm usually not the guy that says I told you so because you guys know if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you guys know I I, I like. A lot of the stuff that i be saying is, is correct. It, it, it comes out to be true. It comes out to be right. I'm not going to be that guy that told you so. Like that That I told you so guy. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be that. But it just shows you the Clippers are on a different level. The Lakers are on a different level. They're championship bound. They have their, sight, they have their eyes focused on the prize. Simple as that. When you're talking about the Clippers and when they play that well, like, they shot 63% from the field. They shot 63% from the field. At that point, you can't do nothing about it. Like, you can't do nothing about it. Like, the, the house is on fire, and it's the only thing you can do is get the get the wife and kids out of there. That's the only thing you can do when a team is shooting that well and the team is that hot. You can only get the – you can. I mean, you can literally – you can literally – Get the house. Do you, if the house is on that, if, if the house is on fire, get the kids, get the wife out of there because it's nothing you can do. You can't stop the fire. You can't stop it. You can't slow it down. It, 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 you just can't slow it down. You're not going to slow it down. Um, so, uh, Marcus Morris, he's in the news, um, and I, I, you know, Marcus Morris, I must say. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit up here and say whether it was intentional or was it an accident when he stepped on Luca's foot, or you know, he stepped on his ankle and his shoe came off. I'm not gonna sit up here and say that. But I am gonna say it is funny. It's funny because I often, you know, I these I often call these people very nostalgic, and I'm like, it's a new NBA, but so many. You know, some of the same people that that you know that's 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 getting on Marcus Morris for stepping on Luca's foot are some of the same people that says, you know, I miss the OMBA, I miss the OMBA. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, even if it is purposeful, even if Marcus Morris did intentionally, even if he did intentionally step on Luca's foot. I hear so many people romanticizing over the over the Lakers and Celtics and how physical those series were. I, you know, all, all, there's often memorable moments, for, you know, for those those Celtics and Lakers rivalries in the '80s. And one of those moments is where uh, where like Kirk Rambis or Kevin McKen- they like they body slam each other. It's like you guys romanticize over that. I mean, I hear so many people romanticize over the 90s Knicks. I hear so many people romanticize over... um, I hear so many people, you know, romanticize over the, the Bad Boy Pistons. Hell, they have a whole documentary on the Bad Boys Pistons. And, you know, everybody likes to go back and talk about those old times where they were physical and they just you know, flagrants now or were just common vows back then. And, you know, um I'm like, so I don't I just don't understand it. I think there's sometimes we have sometimes we have some hypocrisy um when it comes to situations like this. Like everybody's gonna get on Marcus Morris. Most people tend to think that Marcus Morris did it intentionally. Um and Marcus Morris does have a history of um of incidents like this, like the last year, he need Ben Simmons. Uh, he had, the he he, like, he has so many incidents and, but I like that. I like that type of attitude that Marcus Morris has. Um, you need some of that to win titles. You need some of that. And the Clippers have about the Clippers have a couple of those guys. The Clippers have Montrezl, Harold, Clippers have Marcus Morris, Clippers have Patrick Beverly, they got a couple of those guys that'll rough you up and you're like they got a couple of those guys. And I think you need that. You need, you need some of that to win a title. You need some of that toughness to win a title. We, we romanticize over Dennis Rahman, his physical play, and what he used to do. Like, we romanticize over all these other things. And, you know, the physical play back in the 80s with the Celtics and, 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 and Bird and Bad Boy Pistons and the Jordan rules. Hell, the, 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 the Pistons, the, the, the Detroit Pistons, literally, Bad Boy Pistons, they had to tackle Michael because he's unstoppable. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. Because at that point, what teams are saying, what the Pistons were saying is, hey, you know, Mike was so good, we couldn't stop him. So yeah, we had to tackle him. And Luca, that's such a great compliment. Luca, that's such a great compliment for Luca. That's such a compliment for Luca. I, I, I mean, when teams says, you know, say like, hey, we we can't do nothing with this guy. When bad boy pistons give, you know, give Bird a hard foul, fi- like it's nothing we can do with Bird. We we gotta do something. Like, come on. It's such a compliment. I'm not gonna judge whether or not it was uh whether it was purposeful or or he did it accidentally and not like I don't I I you know, you you, you be you be the judge of that. You be the judge of that. You can look at Marcus Moore's incidents in the past. You can look at like you, you can look at that. And plus I think Luca had a little bit to do with it. I think Luca was chirping. Luca's been chirping a lot. Um and I think he's like a wolf in sheep clothing. Like he's been he's been chirping a, a lot, but you know, you know, Luca's the star. He's you know, he's 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 one of the faces of the league. He's the Maverick's best player. But go look at you know, you you guys can go look at um uh Marcus Morris, and you guys be the judge of whether or not it was whether or not it was a dirty play, whether or not if it was intentional, whether or not it was an accident. You be the judge of that. <laughs> you be the judge of it. But I just find it funny how we romanticize over that physical play in the eighties and nineties. Like that Knicks team, we talk about how great that Knicks team. I'm like that those Knicks teams. I, I mean wasn't a lot of skill. It was a lot of physicality. It was, it was a lot of physicality, dirty play, you know, f- a lot of flagrant fouls. You know, ch- guys like Charles Oakley could barely shoot a, 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 a 20-footer. He was a great rebounder, a great defensive anchor, and, a, and he would he he body you up, but he couldn't shoot a 20-footer. He couldn't shoot a 15-footer. <laughs> I mean, it's got Anthony Mason couldn't shoot a 15-footer. Uh, you know, and, and you know, God rest his soul. But um though we we talk about how great those Knicks teams were, Knicks teams weren't like like skill wise. They weren't great talent wise. They they they, had, they were physical. They were big, and they you know they were they were body or move you around. It's not we. I mean, we romanticize over these things, but then everybody's gonna go whining over. Marcus Moore has stepped on Lucas' foot, and his shoe came off. And oh, yeah, well, well, come on, get, save it, save it, save it, save it, save, it, save it. Where the tissues at? Where are the tissues? Wait, please, somebody, somebody, please hand me the tissues. <laughs> please hand me the tissues. <laughs> please. So, okay, let's shift gears to the Rockets and Thunder series. And before I talk about that series, I haven't really, I haven't really been bringing this series up, this playoff series, this playoff matchup. But the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Uh, Utah currently leads 3-2, to two, but these five games between uh, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell have been fantastic. I mean, as far as a one-on-one matchup, going back and forth, I mean, I mean, Jamal Murray practically carried the Denver Nuggets last night to win. Like, he put everybody on his back and his shoulders, and he was like, we're not going home just yet. We're not going home. Don Mitchell continues to be stellar throughout the playoffs. He's been, like, for a young guy with Don Mitchell, his third year, I think, what, his third, his fourth year in the league, um, he continues, well, he's a third year, I think he's third year in the league. He, continue, he continues to perform in the playoffs, and we don't talk about him much. And I think because he plays in Utah, but we don't talk about him much. But he is, a he's he's great. He's great. The, the league isn't, like, it's just, this bubble is showing you the amount of great young players that we have. Now, let's talk about the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, because, for the most part, I've been talking about both LA teams a lot. I've been talk, I've been really talking about both LA teams a lot throughout these last few weeks. But, let's just be honest, they draw more attention. But, the Rockets and the Thunder, that series is tied to two. Everybody's going crazy. And I get it. Houston, once again, lost. They live by the three and they die by the three. <laughs> we all know this. We all know this. When Houston, when Houston doesn't shoot the ball well, they're typically going to lose, especially against an OKC team that has a good coach in Billy Donovan, a great uh, Hall of Fame point guard, Hall of Fame player in Chris Paul. And the, 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 like the, the Thunder have a bunch of – got a good big man in Steven Adams, they have a bunch of young studs on their roster. Dennis Struders, pretty good. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Uh, Tort, the, the, kid that's, the kid that's guarding James Harden, he's doing a phenomenal job. And I must say, this, this is why the bubble at, the atmosphere is so different. This bubble atmosphere and this bubble setting is so different because usually young players in the postseason – Usually, underperform, they freeze up because of the crowd, intensity, the noise, the, like, that whole, the regular playoff setting, it usually gets to younger players, usually, usually. It usually gets to younger players, and, like, they can't really handle the atmosphere, and, you know, it, 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 they just freeze under pressure, but in this bubble setting... It's like a AAU tournament type style gym, and a lot of these younger players are used to that. They've been playing in that in that atmosphere for the last ten years, so it's very easy for them. And that is, I think, that's a big part to why some of these younger players in, in, in these playoff series are playing well. It, it's a big part, and I must say, some of these veterans, you know, like guys like Kawhi, LeBron. Uh, harden, it's been a little bit difficult because they're used to just you know just blowing right past the first round, especially LeBron and Kawhi. Like they're used to just you know going on right through the first round, cruising right through the first round. But the underdogs in this situation, in this bubble form, in this bubble situation, they they're playing with house money. And they don't have to deal with the road atmosphere. There's no home court advantage. Literally, there's no home court advantage. And I think that's so big. It's showing you how crucial, how important home court advantage is. Because these underdogs, they're just playing. And they're winning games. They're winning games. Orlando stole a game. Portland stole a game. Dallas stole two games. Dallas is young and don't play defense. They They stole two games. They stole two games from the Clippers. And Dallas is young. And don't play – I mean, that, that was young and don't play defense. And they stole two games. And that's what this Oklahoma City Thunder team did, led by, once again, Hall of Fame point guard, Chris Paul, uh, good coach Billy Donovan. This is – like, this is what they – this is what it is. This is This is what it is. And Houston, I must say this. So Houston – they, they, you know, I told you guys, they live by the three, they die by the three. And it's as simple as that. And people, people just seem, they can't wrap their arms around it. Like, no, this is who Houston is. Houston is, you know, they're, you know James Harden's going to be ball-centric. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, he's going he's gonna to have the ball in his hands majority of the time, especially with Russell Westbrook being injured. So he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. You're gonna have players around the perimeter. They're gonna be standing, watching. Harden's gonna break down defense. Harden's gonna either try to finish um, at the rim, or he's gonna to try to kick out, and that's where Houston gets their three point shots from. That, that 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 that's how they play. That's how they play, and and they don't get many two point buckets unless the only two point bucket that they get is or buckets that they get is from James Harden scoring a layup, or from Wesley Westbrook scoring a layup, or a mid range jumper. But they don't have that element no more because Westbrook is hurt. So it's all Harden, and Harden's ball-centric. And he kicks out to those guys. They They either make the three or they miss it. And they started off the third quarter eight for eight. But then down the stretch, down the stretch, after that, they went five for 26. And they went cold. They went cold. And the commentators made such a great point. Jim Jackson was it. It was. He made such a great point. He like, okay, I know you guys are a three-point shooting team. But at some point, you got to step in. You got to get a layup. You got to get a dunk. You got to get to the free throw line to, to regain some rhythm and confidence. Houston doesn't do that at all. So this is who Houston is. They have completely embodied this style of play. This is who they're going to be. This is who they're gonna be, and they're gonna see if it gets them far. I I think Houston will win this round. I think they'll beat OKC if they finish these series. If they if the season if they can finish this playoffs, I think Houston they'll beat OKC. But I think they will lose to the Lakers in four, in six games in the second round. I think they will lose. I think they will lose. I mean Harden. We already know like Harden playing ISO ball. Harden being ball centric in the in the postseason. We already know what that results into. We, we know. You know, it's not going to go far. We know that. We know. So, you, 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 you're looking for that. So, you know, with, with Houston, people ask why. Why did Houston get rid of their big man? Why did Houston get rid of Clint Capella? And I'm like, well, this is how Houston is thinking. This is how, and Houston has completely embodied and taken on full-on analytics. This is how they're thinking. Houston, and this is just like a pair of, like, I'm not, like, I'm not in those rooms. Uh, you know, Daryl Morey is MIT guy. He's smart. And I'm sure they have a bunch of smart analytical dudes and numbers in there. But this is how they're thinking. They're thinking, well, since we don't have a rim protector and we don't have nobody protecting the rim, opposing teams, opposing offenses are going to try to take advantage of that And they're going to score a bunch of two-point shots. They're going to score a bunch of layups. They're going to get a bunch of layups because we don't have no rim protector. Teams are going to take advantage of that. Well, Houston's like, well, yeah, teams are going to take advantage of that. But while they're taking advantage of that and while they're getting two-pointers and twos, we're going to be shooting threes. And, you know, simple math, three is greater than two. (laughs) So that is how Houston is thinking. They're thinking, well, we don't have a rim protector in teams and opposing teams it would be smart of them to take advantage of our lack of rim protection so that means they're going to settle for two pointers they're going to get two points and we're going to shoot threes three is greater than two that's how that, that is literally how Houston is thinking i mean if you that it, it, it's as simple as that if you would that's that, that's that's a simplified that's a simplified version of what Houston is thinking that's their blueprint. Lack of rim protection equals two-point buckets for the opposing teams. But you know, we do on offense. We shoot a bunch of threes. Threes are greater than twos. That's how they're thinking. That's how they're thinking. I I don't think that's going to get them far. I I think that I think they lose to the Lakers in the second round in about in about six games. But that's how they're thinking. <laughs> that's how they're thinking. So, we're going to shift gears to the NFL. I got some NFL stories. We're going to shift gears to the NFL. Okay? So, the Ravens release Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas is no victim. And I'm not, in no shape or form, I'm saying he doesn't, des- he doesn't deserve to be on the team. He doesn't deserve to play in the NFL. No, I'm not saying that. But Earl Thomas is no victim. Okay? He's no victim. In this in this circumstance, Um, and this is not the first time where we have heard these stories about Earl Thomas. Now, if you're not just caught up to date, Earl Thomas got into an altercation, got into a fight with a teammate of his that plays that play a similar position. He released practice footage. I think that's a violation. I don't I, I, I don't think players are permitted to be releasing that type of footage. Um, especially down onto social media okay um and the term that is really key in this circumstance is conduct detrimental in that particular term it's not a singular act this it's not one single thing. there is a chain of events that has happened with Earl Thomas where it, it Things aren't sitting right with the team, with his players, with his coaches, and with management. And you kind of find this quite strange because we're three weeks out of the season. Like the, the season is three weeks away. We're, 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 we're like we're, we're nearing close to football season. He just got paid a big deal. The Ravens traded pieces in order to get him. And you're like, why? Like, the Ravens are building a great team. They have so much talent, especially in the secondary. And their secondary without him is going to be fine. You're like, wow. So, like, what has happened? What has what has been going on? Well, Earl Thomas, it, it's, a, it's a chain of events. And, Earl, you can take it back all the way to Seattle. He had problems in Seattle. And I'm, and I'm going to break this down like this, Okay. Earl Thomas is a great player. Seven-time Pro Bowler. You know, he was playing for a contending team with Baltimore. Like I'm saying, it's so strange for a team like Baltimore who is a contender. They are – like, Baltimore is probably the best team in football, Uh, like on paper. They're probably the best team in football. And practically everybody has high hopes for the Ravens this year, including themselves – and I see them, and many others see them as a Super Bowl contending team. And they get rid of one of their best players. Something that 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 should raise a red flag. That that should raise a red a red flag. That should be that should be an eye opener. Like, okay, this must be serious, and it's not just this one specific thing. And it's it's similar to the Antonio Brown situation in Oakland, where it wasn't one specific thing where Oakland decided to release him. It wasn't no no. It was a chain of events that happened pretty quickly with Antonio Brown situation. It, it it happened like pretty quickly, but with Earl Thomas, it's very much spread out. They 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 signed him to a big deal, but get this. Earl Thomas you take like I said you can take it back to the Seattle days. Earl Thomas played with the Seahawks. Now P-Curl has established his brand and his print on the Seahawks. P-Curl is one of them. he's probably one of the most player friendly coaches out there. Like P-Curl he runs a loose locker room. His players are free. He's one of the more player-friendly coaches in any in any sport. Past football, any sport. Steve Kerr went to go get went to go see Pete Curl and you know with how to coach a team. Pete Curl is one of those he's one of, he's one of those. He's one of those player-friendly coaches that players would do anything for. Well, as Earl Thomas is walking out of the door and he has his injury. He flips P. Curl off. Don't know why. But P. Curl was the same guy to take a chance on like P. Curl took a chance on Earl Thomas. He 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 took a chance on Earl Thomas. We we know Earl Thomas is great now, but the the year that P. Curl drafted him, he took a he, he took a chance on P, on on Earl Thomas. He also got Earl Thomas and made Earl Thomas. The highest-paid safety in the league at the time made him the highest-paid safety in the league. Then work out in Seattle. Seattle once again player-friendly team. The players are loose. Player-friendly. He gets he gets out of Seattle. Then he goes to Baltimore. Baltimore John Harbaugh. How coincidental! Player-friendly coach. Baltimore is a strong. Successful organization, especially, you know, the the, the guys they have now, they have straight ballers now. He was voted out. He was voted off the team by players. It's a question mark. That should that should be a red flag. And this is why. And with the Cowboys, (laughs) I I have quite a few Cowboy listeners of my podcast. They listen. They listen. And it's a hate love relationship with the Cowboy fans, but this is why I'm not so high on the Cowboys this year. This is why I'm not so high on the Cowboys like a lot of people are. I'm not. This is why because this is why I'm selling my. This is why I'm kind of over the Cowboy thing. They're they're very exciting. They're gonna be very entertaining. But this is why I'm over it because hey, Mike McCarthy came out and said hey. Uh, you know, adding a veteran player, we gotta check the locker room. We like, we, we, we have to, we have to sort some things out as far as the locker room. In other words, Mike McCarthy was saying, "Yeah, we're not interested." Jerry Jones comes out of nowhere, you know, on a radio station, on the radio show. He says, "You know what? You know, we haven't talked to Earl yet, but we, we, we're, we're interested." In other words, in other words, that's what he said. We're interested. We're going to take a look at this situation because, yeah, we're interested. And he went as far as to – and Jerry Jones went as far as calling out Ian Rappaport and saying, yeah, Ian Rappaport doesn't know what he's doing. He, don't, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he has no idea what he's talking about. We're very much interested We are very much interested in Arrow in Thomas. And this is what the Cowboys have become. And I'm a Cowboys supporter. I like the Cowboys. I'm a supporter. But this is why I got to sell my stock on the Cowboys this year. This is why. This is this is why. I mean, and they've had some they've had like their, their roster offensively is talented. And they've had some really talented rosters over, the la- over over the last several years, some talented rosters. They've had some talented rosters over the last several years. But this is what the Cowboys Have become. This is what the Cowboys have become. This is what. This is what. Jerry Jones. Has turned the Cowboys into. After the the Super Bowl. After the early success. In the 90's. Jerry got him a few rings. He's focused more on the brand. The Cowboys are more locked in on the brand. And it's great. I mean it's you know they keep they they keep you know the cowboys they know they damn sure how to keep their names in the news <laughs> I mean every fun, the, the cowboys are there, the cowboys know how to entertain their fans the cowboys know how to keep in, how to keep uplifting their fans despite them not winning a Super Bowl in the last twenty plus years and quite frankly in the last twenty plus years they haven't been close but Jerry Jones finds a way to keep uplifting his team and his fans. Um, and this is one of the ways. And this is why I can't be a part of it. I can't, this is why I sold my stock on the Dog and Pony show. Like, it's great. It's going to be entertaining. Cowboys will score points. And they win about nine, nine, maybe ten games. But, I mean, come on. February, January. Did we really talk about the Cowboys in February? <laughs> Do we really... When the last when the last time we talked with the Cowboys in February. <laughs> like this is what they've become. They've become a dog and pony show. They've become, you know, they 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 have a lot of glitz and glamour, but this is who they have become. I'm sorry. It's the biggest brand in sports. Great. That's great. It's that's great. But they, I think the Cowboys would be even bigger if they were winning. If they were winning Lombardi trophies, wouldn't you say? If the Cowboys were winning, or if the Cowboys were getting to the Super Bowl, if they were getting to the Conference Championship, if they were real big time Super Bowl contenders, I think their brand would be even bigger because they'd be winning. But. This is what the Cowboys have turned into, and with Earl Thomas, if you know, I I think the Cowboys are gonna, according to Jerry, they're gonna they're gonna probably they're gonna probably sign Earl Thomas. But once again, with Earl Thomas, you came from you 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 you, you, you got ran out of two good locker rooms. You got ran out of two good locker rooms. Seattle was a player friendly, peak girl, player friendly. You left there. Baltimore player friendly. John Harbaugh is player friendly. Close, excuse me. Baltimore, the Ravens are close knit group. Players often players. He, I must say, been reading reports. He was not well received coming into Baltimore. He was not well received coming into Baltimore. Then he had uh, the 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 whole wife incident with the orgy orgy. I, I don't know. He, his wife pulled the gun out on him, and, and 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 some of you guys may say, well, well, that's none of the Ravens' business. Well, if they're paying you a lump sum amount of money like the Ravens are, like he was getting, he was getting paid that amount of money. That like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, like it is kind of my business. The Ravens are paying him too much money. Like, come on. It is kind of their business. Paying him too much money. So, when you, when, like, when, when we talk about Earl Thomas and his incident, it's like, boy, oh, boy. Come on. Let's think. Players voted him off the team. He, it didn't work out with two player friendly coaches. These teams these, that, he, that, that he's been removed off of, or left, or released from. These teams are Super Bowl-contending teams. And what do you know? <laughs> Here comes the Cowboys. Yeah, we want them. <sighs> okay, sure. And I must say, Earl Thomas' production last few years haven't been great, especially last year. Last year, even though he got voted into the Pro Bowl, mm I think some of that. I think a part of that comes from reputation, but he didn't, he didn't have the Pro Bowl type year last year. But that's the Cowboys for you. I think that's what they've become. I think that's what the Cowboys have become. I think that's what they've become. I mean, they have a lot of stars on offense. Their defense isn't. It's not much. It's not much to like about their defense. They're paying Demarcus Lawrence a lump sum. Um, hopefully he has a bounce back year. He had a he had a he had a I mean he had a bad year. He had a career low year last year. So hopefully he bounced back. That's secondary, it's young and it's not good. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. That's why I'm not so high on the Cowboys. That's why I'm high on Philly. And plus, I must say. With the Cowboys, I always say this. Well, not always, but I, 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 I always take these into account. When we're talking about Super Bowl contending teams, I think of your front office. I think of your owner. I think of your coach. And I think of your quarterback. And with the Cowboys, those four things, owner, front office, or GM, Owner, GM, coach, and (laughs) quarterback—are we really impressed by any of those four? Quarterback just got franchise tag coming off eight and eight year. We have—I mean—everybody has mixed feelings about him. Mike McCarthy has a coach in the year, but uh, I have high hopes for him. He's a Super Bowl winning coach as well. Then Jerry is the GM, and you know he makes all the decisions, and he's the owner. Are we really sold on that? I don't know. But when I look at Kansas City, when I look at Baltimore, when I look at the 49ers, when I look at those type, when I look at those teams, I'm like, yeah, pretty comfortable. I'm comfortable with Kyle Shanahan. I'm comfortable with John with John Harbaugh. I'm comfortable with Lamar Jackson. I'm comfortable with John Lynch as my GM. When I look at the Cowboys and I compare their front when I compare those four things. Quarterback, coach, GM, owner—come on, are you comfortable with those things? And look at and compare it to the other Super Bowl contenders, Chiefs. I'm comfortable with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and their front office and their ownership. I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. I'm comfortable with 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 with. With Kyle Shanahan and, Tom, and John Lynch. and Jim, I'm comfortable with that. Even Philadelphia. Their division rivals. The Cowboys division rivals. I'm comfortable with Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson. Who's a great big game coach. I'm comfortable with their front office. Can you say the same about the Cowboys? I'm not sure. Mike McCarthy hasn't coached in a year. I have high hopes for him. Dak Prescott come off an 8-8 year. He just got franchise tag. We'll see what happens. Jerry Jones is the owner and the GM. Mm, Has that worked out pretty well? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because in the last 20 years, they haven't been close to a Super Bowl. Simple as that. They haven't. They haven't. You know. Yeah. Um, I had more on my, on my, on my list that I wanted to get to. I had more stories that I want to get to or more topics I wanted to touch on. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, because it's, it's such a tough day right now. Um, excuse me. It's such a tough day right now. You know, we're in the world. We got, it's just so much going on. It's so much going on. And uh, so apparently this is live right now. So as like, you know, throughout throughout this episode, I've been following the stories with the NBA boycotting uh, or with these NBA teams boycotting. And and I must say, it's very good to it's, it's very it's very it's very good that players and teams came together and unified and came to this one decision that we are boycotting tonight's games. That's great um that 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 that's a great sign of unity and togetherness that we need at this moment that we need so that's great uh i must say i must say you know when america when you when america when the u s when we get into these wars when we have when 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 we have fought in these wars. You know, it doesn't matter the skin, it doesn't matter the skin tone, With religion, with it doesn't, none of that matters because we're trying to, we're trying to win a war. But right now, we are currently in a war with systemic racism in our country. We are right now in, in a war. We are in warfare with police brutality, brutality, excuse me, and how the police treat black people. And i think we we all as a country we all need to be unified and stand at one accord we we do we we do we do um so yeah you know it, it it's a lot going on in the world like i told you guys i have a i had i had some things, i have some more topics left that I wanted to get to we get to i get to those another episode. Uh, I gave you guys that NBA playoffs, you know, Earl Thomas, that was, that was the big news for these last few days. And people are talking about, it. I know you guys, when they hear from me and what I think about that, um, but yeah, I, you know, I had to, I had, I gotta come on here. I gotta, I gotta talk about these social issues. I have to, I have to, I have to. And if you, if you're, if you're, if you have a heart, if you have a pulse, you, you understand. Like seeing these videos, Seeing footage of what's happening. Come on, we 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 got like we, we they they can't be any more like you can't get any more aware. Now it's time for actions. It's now time for progression to be made, reforms to be made, uh, restructuring of this country. Like it's time. It's time. Um, the players are letting it. They're letting it be known. Uh now I must say the NBA season is very much in jeopardy. Uh I've been reading some reports throughout the uh, throughout this pod. It it's very much in it, it's very much in jeopardy. Um and uh, according to Woj, Adrian Wojanowski, uh players like every player in the bubble, they're gonna be having a meeting. Every player has been invited to uh this particular meeting that they're having at eight o'clock Eastern Eastern time, so I'm aware. I think you will get you, you, you know, you, I'm sure more and more news will come out as the day, as the evening goes on. You know, obviously, everybody wants to see an NBA. We, we want to see the NBA playoffs finish, but it's bigger than basketball at this point, it's bigger than a sport, it's bigger than a championship, it's bigger than a playoff game. It's bigger than all of those things we're, 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 we're right now we're dealing with social issues, and social issues must come first and I can only imagine how players feel how their families feel how um Jacob Blake and his family feel at this moment in all to and, and all of those victims uh of police brutality brianna Taylor's you know murderers we still haven't Got them under arrested. You know, we still we you know we have a lot of progress to be made as a country. Obviously, that's clear. Um, but the NBA season, yes, it is in jeopardy. If you guys are wondering that at this particular moment and you're listening to me, yes, it is in jeopardy. And I hope some of you guys stayed uh, because I know we're we're, we're we're towards the end of this podcast. Um, and I and I hope I hope most of you guys stayed. And listen to the in, in, to the entirety of this podcast, or this podcast specifically, because we're, we're we're touching on these topics. And yeah, I mean, I think I touched bases on it. I, I can't say no more about it um, than what I've already said. Uh, it's quite apparent. Like I said, if you have a pulse, if you have a heart, you feel these things. Even if you don't, even if you can't relate to these things, even if you never had these same conversations. If even if this is the first time you're hearing it, which is which is which is which is not, because we've been talking about these things, like you feel it, you feel it when you see it. The videos are are, are, are terrible. We just need to stop it. Um, but like I told you guys, I'm saving all the music, music, all the theatrics for later. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just not. I I, I can't do it not gonna you know and i I'm sure some of you guys that's listening can't do it, so you know, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah kid podcast um uh, I made a mistake on the previous podcast that that podcast was episode one forty seven this is episode one forty eight so thank you guys um for tuning in shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to everybody, every single body. If you're listening, shout out to you. If you're a first-time listener, shout out to you. If you listen to this podcast every single week, shout out to you. If you're a if you are a regular listener of this podcast, shout out to you. If you bumped in and reined into this podcast randomly, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody that is tuning in. Shout out to everybody that is on the, that's going to be on the right side of history. Um, always remember two choices, one decision. Um, this has been a good one. I hope you guys can spread this word, spread this message, spread this episode. Boy, oh boy, um stay healthy. You're gonna get wealthy. Um, health is wealth. Boy, oh boy, it's some tough times out here, but like I told you guys, we gotta get through them. Um, new podcast, new podcasting schedule. That's why this podcast is so late in the week or so in the middle of the week, because it, it, it's, you know, it's a new podcasting schedule for me. I'm um, I'm I'm in I'm officially in the college life. Boy, so that's challenging itself. The world is challenging. We're at a tough place right now. S- stay alive, stay healthy. Always remember two choices, one decision. And may God be with you. May God be with you. May God be with you. You know, I bless all of you guys. Catch you guys on the next episode.